Hello and welcome to episode six, right? Six? Uh, yeah, six. Hello and welcome to episode six of Jocks of All Trades. Uh, I am your first sponsor, Connor Lynch. I'm your second sponsor, Tyus Welter. And our third sponsor this week could be you. We actually ran out of sponsors. Uh, we didn't think we'd make it this far in the podcasting game. So if you'd like to be featured in our episode, just send us a note and $5,000 cash, and we can make it happen. Let's go. I'm awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. I'm awesome. I'm driving around in my mom's ride. I'm awesome. A quarter of my life gone by, and I met all my friends online. Red alert. Red alert. We have an introductory hypothetical this week, um, and that is because we noticed that the logo on our podcast is is a little skewed or a little weird looking, uh, and that's because the figure, the the human guy that's representing Jack's Ball Trades, doesn't actually have any arms. Uh, Connor's design only has one tennis racket, and it looks like a bag of popcorn for his other arm. Is that am I right on that, Connor? Yeah. So th- my idea was to kind of make it like out of sports stuff, but. Yeah, the, it, he's, it's just a tennis racket for the arm, not a guy holding a tennis racket. So, you know, little little misstep on my end, but, you know, we're, we're rolling with the, the lady we brought to the dance, so. Yeah, especially because, you know, we don't have a lot of experience bringing ladies to the dance, so, so now that we were here, we, we got to take advantage. Um, and so, you know, uh, sometimes the most beautiful pieces of art are come from mistakes. And so that's what we're doing. So that leads us to our own piece of art, which is this hypothetical. And so that led us to ask each other, uh, what would life be like if we had tennis rackets for arms? So the question, we're going to do a little this or that here. And the question is, would you rather have tennis rackets for arms or blank? Yeah. So Connor, you want to go ahead and kick things off for us? Or did you have something to add? No, I'll go ahead and, and kick things off. So, you know, What's tough here is I feel like tennis rackets, you know, probably a bad thing to have as arms. But I'm going to ask you first, would you rather have tennis rackets or arms or just nubs? So basically you get cut off at the elbow, no hands. Yeah. Do I get prosthetic hands? Or no, no. no. Uh, I think tennis. I think tennis rackets. I think I could learn to to use them for some sort of sense of normalcy. And no one would be getting any balls by me on the tennis court if I got two of those. Are you kidding me? What about you? Yeah, I think the this is just a. I don't know if it'd be cool if you'd be cool to have the tennis racket for arms. I think you get a lot of weird looks for nubs, but also a lot of you know subtle perks. Uh, you know, some sympathy, some some you know handicap sticker perhaps on your where you're driving. So you know, just pros and cons. <laughs> driving with nubs. <laughs> Uh, good point. Uh, you could drive with nubs. You ever just, just stick it on top there? Uh, no, I'll have to try that next time. Drive on the road. With your, steer with your knees. Yeah, true, true. Anyways, anyways, all right. What's your, what's your first question here? I just gave you one, dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's been a while, about a week since we last recorded. I'm a little rusty. Uh, all right. My next one, uh, one of the biggest issues I thought for having tennis rackets as arms would be just figuring how to figuring out how to eat with the tennis rackets. So my question would be, would you rather have tennis rackets or really long forks for arms? Ooh, um, that's a good question. I think I would have to go forks because um, you can't hold forks with a tennis racket. Like you can scoop things with tennis rackets, but there's no no grip, right? So yeah, you literally would would not be able to eat, especially anything 
Mmm. I was going to say liquid, like you couldn't eat soup, but you can't really eat soup with forks either. Um, <laughs> this is tough. Still, I'm going fork. You would use it a lot more. Uh, you know, utilitarian in me. Tennis rackets would be fun, but not as useful. Love it. Okay. Um, my next one. Would you rather have tennis rackets or legs? Legs for arms? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Think about how fast you would be. Like, you could gallop like a horse. Right. Uh, rider, maybe. Um, I think legs for arms would just be really heavy, like hanging off my shoulders. So, and I don't know, like, back to the utility thing. I don't know what the advantage of legs would be, besides just running faster. Um, I think my two legs do a good enough job, so I'll take I'll take the tennis rackets. Yeah. I got, like, the monkey toes where I can, like, grab stuff pretty decently with my toes. <laughs> So that's like one big perk, but the like you would legitimately look so weird with just gigantic legs flailing about. So again, I'm like a I'm very concerned with public perception here, which is kind of dumb because no matter what these options are, we're gonna look dumb. But I'd probably take yeah. the legs. Just admitted having monkey toes on on the internet. That's yeah. I don't know, public <laughs> that's a skill. Um, <laughs> Okay, what's your next one? All right, that boy got the monkey toes. Uh, my next one, uh, keep it within the sports realm. Uh, if basically you just have to choose one of these two for the rest of your life, uh, would you rather have tennis club or tennis rackets for arms, or I got ahead of myself there, or golf clubs? Uh, good one. I think I would go with tennis rackets because, like I said earlier, you can at least like scoop things up with a tennis racket. Golf clubs are longer, so by the end of it, you have a lot less control. There's a lot less you can do. Um, golf clubs are heavier, for sure, than a tennis racket. Like you said, I hadn't really thought of that. But yeah, I would go tennis rackets. Golf clubs would only be good and fun during golf. Tennis rackets, I think you can, you know, your scope's a little wider. Yeah, yeah. I think golf clubs would be nice for a fight, too. But otherwise, I agree with everything you say. True, and that's a good segue. Sports and fight. My last one was tennis rackets or baseball bat. Uh, ooh. I think, I don't know how much I'd actually use the baseball bat for, like, the things that baseball bat's used for, whether it be defense or playing baseball. Um, and I agree, I think the functionality of tennis racket, like, you can you can pinch things easier with tennis rackets and, like, scoop things up yep. than baseball bat okay, clubs. So I go tennis rackets. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can like actually kind of play catch with a tennis racket too, you know, like, yeah. what, what were those things called? Like Koosh something? Do you ever play with those? It was like a, like they had different things. One was like a scooper thing that you could like scoop and throw the ball with. And then the other one was like a thing you'd put on your hand and it would Velcro the ball. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Yeah. Yeah. Those were yeah. fun. So, <laughs> Okay. Those were. Did you All have right, any last more? one? All right. Uh, you have so tennis rackets, or you have no arms, but you can manipulate technology with your mind. So you can still drive. You can kind of cook. You can you can type on a computer, but you can't have any sports or physical activities that involve your arms. So I couldn't like hug, right? Or cuddle, or pet. Um, granted doing any of those things with tennis rackets probably wouldn't be like all that enjoyable for me or the other person. Um, I would do the, the technology with the mind. I think like even just like 
messing around on your phone and stuff, at least being able to do that. With a tennis racket, you couldn't use a phone. Holy shit, I didn't even think about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not either. So, or I could use my monkey toes, to be clear, but that would be <laughs> disgusting to do in public. So, if I could do the, the mind, I would take that. Perfect. And that's uh, our introductory, doing it with no hands, hypothetical. Waka flocka, let's go. Okay, we are going to start talking about college football. Uh, last week, we uh, we talked about how there were a lot of big games this week between undefeated, ranked teams. Uh, we did our draft. So, Tyus, what, what's your immediate reaction? You know, uh, o- over the course of, of this little podcast thing we've been doing here, I've my success has been getting to my head. I've been getting a little too big for my britches because, you know, coming in this week, I'm thinking about the three bet segment that we do and, and how successful I've been so far. Uh, and I was starting to think to myself, you know, why don't I, you know, gamble on sports more often? It seems like I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I, I could be using this to make some money, and I'm just, you know, wasting it all on this, these silly airwaves. Um, and so I've been thinking about this. And then this weekend hits and reminds me why I don't do that. Because I think literally every single team almost that I picked in the stupid little draft we did last week on the show – uh, lost and just screwed me. So I'm glad we didn't come up with the punishment last week because I've already lost. Uh, USC lost uh, Utah, heartbreaker. Oklahoma State lost to TCU. Don't get me started on that. They were up early. Uh, and Alabama, uh, as I'm sure all of you know, lost in maybe top 10 greatest game of college football in my lifetime uh, in, in uh, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee. So I know, Connor, you were pretty heavily leveraged on that game. So did you have any thoughts on on the falls, taking it to the to the Crimson Tide. Yeah, man. Lefty Lynch, lock of the week. Uh, tennis, I had Tennessee plus seven and a half. By kickoff, the line got to nine. Um, I was all over the money line, too. So it was an awesome game. And bets aside, I have not had that much fun watching a sporting event in a long, long time. It was just two great teams. The environment was awesome in, in Knoxville. Um, it was just so fun. The offenses weren't getting stopped they were just marching down the field both both times a lot of long drives a lot of big plays um but the end of the game was just so electric you have like i just said nobody was getting stops tennessee finally stops alabama alabama misses the field goal tennessee goes down makes a a game winner that was wobbly as shit like just you know your heart's pumping uh and then storming the field it was it was an awesome game it's why i love college football and why I'm here today to say that college football is just a 10 times more entertaining product than the NFL. So that's my reaction. That's a, that's a bold statement. Uh, entertaining is definitely the better word to use than better. Obviously, like the NFL talent is better, of course. But I don't know about the games. The thing that college football always has that always like brings me back is like, okay, like this is, this is why you watch college football. But aside from the tradition is just the fans on the sideline. Like, I sound like a total dweeb <laughs> saying that, <laughs> like, like the what that atmosphere, like atmosphere and experience. Like, I anytime I'm watching a college football game, I always catch myself at least three or four times a quarter, like whistling or singing along with like the little like stupid fight songs that they do, like, uh, like you know, Georgia. I've been working on the railroad thing, or like the Florida. Yeah. I can't think of it right. Um, or even Rocky Top, like. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think that is uh, one of the most underrated things in all sports is the college football bands. Yeah, I think like that that's a fair point. 
to me, what it is, is like these rivalries build and you, you know, NFL has rivalries, but it's not the same. And you get to play most of those rivals are division rivals. You get to play them two times a year or they're, you know, AFC, NFC type thing, like Jets, Giants, where they only get to play once every four years, whatever it may be. And in college, you get these conference like rivals. You play them once a year. You alternate a lot of times home and away. And like these moments where you get rivals that have a lot of history together, they're playing and they're both undefeated, a huge game. And it's like everything has just built up, built up, built up. And no matter what happens the rest of the year, like that win is going to mean so much to Tennessee. Um, And kind of going along that, the regular season, just, you know, the expanded playoff might hurt this a little, but with every win and every game mattering so much in the college football regular season, like that was as important. That was basically a play playoff game for both those teams. Yes. So it was, you know, you get that in college football. It was a lot of fun. Um, And one thing that happens in college that never happens in, in the NFL is storming the field. Uh, you got the orange just all over. You couldn't see green. Uh, people going crazy, and they tore the goalpost down. So um, I remember Mizzou, like a while ago, we got to tore, tear the goalpost down, uh, and they took it to Harpo's. They they took the goalpost all the way through campus, go to Harpo's. Uh, and so Tennessee took the goalpost. I think they ended up dumping it in a river. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's kind of going to segue into our hypothetical for this week, which is, you know, you get a big victory in football, you tear the goalpost down, you get to steal that that memory, that memorabilia. So, we're going to talk about little little victories in life where if you could after that victory take a a physical object to to remember that moment, what would they be? So, we're just kind of go back and forth. What uh what was one that you had in mind? Yeah, so my first one, I'm uh, going to take it back to, you know, childhood uh, and in school. And I remember, I don't know if you this was the case for you, Connor, but several teachers uh, in my education career would, you know, try to incentivize high performance on tests and big projects by saying, if everyone passes, then I'll bring in something for the class. So maybe it's like donuts for the class or you, know, you get five party. extra minutes to recess or something, right? So I think if everyone in the class passes or, or like aces a test uh in the class you should be able to steal the teacher's desk as a whole class you just carry it out of the room same way that they do the field, field goal post okay i like that a lot yeah yeah uh i was going like smaller things i hadn't thought about like the the taking a huge object that's a fun one i like that um my first one i i've kind of just had two recurring themes personally i think i've mentioned them in just about every episode if not all of them that's Anna de armis and pooping um and so my first one's going to be about poop and i think after you take a clean shit you just get to take the toilet with you in public so you know you you take a shit in shakespeare's bathroom and you get to walk home with that piece of porcelain dude i think like the uh the latent effect of that would be every time you see someone walking around without uh, a toilet in their hands you're a little sussy like uh Oh, I haven't seen Connor carrying around a toilet for like three days. Something going on? Should well, yeah, be concerned. It could, and it could be either way. It could be constipation, or like it just wasn't a clean enough poop. You know, you know how I'm talking. Like two squares, one wipe, you're good to go. You rip that baby out of the wall and you take it home with you. Yeah, yeah, you've earned it. You've earned it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, 
mine's a little less extreme. My next one, uh, mine is I'm taking it to the golf course. Uh, I think if you hit a hole in one, you should be able to keep the pin or, or the flag for whatever hole you hit it on. That's actually a, a very genuine idea. I think if I started a golf course, I might might implement that. You get your name on the plaque, but you can't take that with you. You know, everybody gets to frame their golf ball they hit it with. But how sick would it be to just have the pin sitting in the corner of your office or something? Yeah, thinking about how many how many homes have like a fern just chilling in the corner. Imagine that getting replaced with number eleven from lake of the woods you know yeah and that's like a like a, a sweet way to prove it too like a there's people out there who have like 11 hole in ones just imagine like a whole wall of pins that'd be sick <laughs> yeah exactly uh okay mine is uh is smaller here as well uh you brought it back to school ace in the test mm-hmm. i'm bringing it back to the youth as well when you are forced to clean your plate uh and i think if you go to a restaurant and you clean your plate you just get to keep the plate um this would be a great like incentivization you would never have to buy uh you know dishes ever again hopefully you 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 drop one on the kitchen floor and it shatters you just go to applebee's you know and demolish a meal and you replace the plate a clean plate club takes on a whole new meaning or bigger meaning at that point um does does the cost of the plate get baked into the cost of the food though like if this restaurant's like oh i'm losing 50 plates a night do you think that raises food costs uh you, you know let me give you a quick economics 101 here right what's gonna happen is the demand for plates will skyrocket right restaurants are having to give them out there's gonna be less but all of the the makers of plates will realize this they'll make a lot more plates so then supply will increase with demand and the price will even out well, the, the price would stay the same if it was if the demand and supply are rising equally, wouldn't it? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, the, so, so, price of plates wouldn't go up because there's their supply would also increase. Yeah, but they still have to buy more plates. So there's they're spending the same money on plates, and now they need more. Oh fuck! You're right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, should we cut this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so plates, clean plate club. Yeah. 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 I, <laughs> Okay, um, yours, you're up, you're up. Yeah, and yeah, I've opened myself up for roasting here, so 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 jump away. I'm glad you brought up the restaurants, though, because that's my next one, too. Uh, I think if you take, if you get a girl to go on a first date with you, that's the victory. You're on the first date. Uh, you should be able to steal the weird blue French horn that's on display at the restaurant. Great, great reference there. My favorite show. Um I, I've seen it happen, you know, it, it has happened. I think really any wall hanging from a restaurant would be a cool thing to steal. And maybe it's one of those where, bear with me here, you know, like the buckle challenge at the buckle uh, retail stores, where if you can get to the back of the store and touch the wall without a uh, employee asking if they can help you, it's like you win the challenge or whatever, you don't get anything for it. I should have thought about one for this. But I think it's the same thing where maybe it's not like, the restaurant hands you the the wall hanging, but if you can steal it and you get out of the restaurant, you break that barrier, then you're you're home free. So they need to like yeah. bump their security up if they really want to keep their wall hangings. Yeah, yeah. And what's everybody want nowadays? They don't want just want dinner. They want an experience, right? And so, what could be more experiential, more fun than the rush of of trying to sneak something out of of a fully armed, 
and guarded restaurant with with waiters ready to stop you at every turn. So yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, nothing gets a girl going like petty theft. So <laughs> okay, um, I've only got one more. I don't know how many you had. Um, I get you. that's that's fine. Okay, my last one is going to be you know a big life moment. You and your significant other have a baby, and I think after you have the baby you should be able to get the doctor's hat that he wore when delivering the baby. It's kind of like a steak and shake. Yeah. You get that, the, the exactly. Exactly right. Or like the Burger King crowns, you know, just the, the doctor's hat. It would be a cute little remembrance. Yeah. Just like the kid that you're going to have for the next 18 years. Very well, cute. Yeah. yeah. The um, kid's only cute for like one or two though. True. True. That has cute for you for ages, though. Um, I love it. I think that's fun. I was I was thinking about birth, and I couldn't think of anything good. Uh, so I'm glad you you got that in there. The other one I thought um, of would be like the scissors they cut the umbilical cord with, but that, I don't know if anybody would actually want that. So I went with the hat. Yeah. And how devastating would that be if you got those mixed up with like your regular scissors that you use? Ugh, yeah. Yeah, they'd go but in a case, and I'd never look at them again. Yeah. Uh, all right, my next one um, is that you should be able to steal the wife of the king of Sparta um, after you successfully choose which goddess is the most beautiful in all the land. Uh, that's a little uh, Paris of Troy, Trojan War reference there for, for you kids keeping track at home. Uh, so yeah. Don't have much to add for yeah, yeah, pretty nerdy, uh, but we need that. We need that every once in a while. I like that uh, chiming in. So, yeah, go for it. Great. Uh, and my last one here is if you successfully, successfully record five podcast episodes, uh, you should get to steal your co-host salary for a year. What do you think about that? Um, you know, I think we should up it to maybe like 15 or 20 episodes <laughs> and then we can talk about it. Deal? Okay. Okay. I mean, you're getting to steal mine too, just so you know. Okay. Like we're stealing Oh, well, then yeah, I'm yeah. in. Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Sign <laughs> me up. All right. That will wrap up our college football talk, uh, and we will uh, move on to our next segment. You know what time it is. It's about that time. We're kicking it off with our movie of the week. Uh this week, we're going to do a little Seven Deadly Sins talk. Uh, and so the hypothetical for you, Connor, uh, is if you had to FMK the Seven Deadly Sins, how would you rank and order them? Um, so pretty self-explanatory there. Um, so the way this is going to work is that we'll do kind of a, a draft just because there's only seven of them. Um, so we'll start with the Fs. You go first, I'll go second. Then we'll snake back, do the Ms. I'll go first, you go second. Finished up with the Ks. You first, me second. Sound good? That sounds great. Um, okay, so first off, the deadly sin that I'm going to freak, uh, it's going to be gluttony. You know, there's, there's one on the board here that you would think the obvious pick, but gluttony is, is just something that, you know, it gets me really excited, really horned up, really bricked up when I see a nice meal in front of me and a lot of that meal, you know? When I can just order, you know, not just an 8-ounce filet, but a 16-ounce filet and just just over-consume, over-indulge, uh, it, it gets me all sorts of ways. So I'm, I'm freaking gluttony. 
Oh, that's steak sauce right there. Uh, I, interesting zag. I'm actually going to zag as well. Um, and for the simple reason that I think the obvious answer here is lust. Uh, I'm not going to choose lust just because uh, I feel like that's a lot of pressure. Um, and, you know, uh, kind of like we talked about with, you know, taking on a Daramas on a date a few weeks ago, like how nervous you be, you know, don't want to make any mistakes and everything. Um, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it, uh, it's, that's, that's not the way to go. So I'm going to take Envy, Envy for my, for my freaking. Uh, and I think it goes to, to the Ten Commandments here, uh, the opposite of the ten, Seven Deadly Sins, or not the opposite, but opposing. Um, and just, you know, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. And every time growing up, I heard that commandment. I always think, oh, my neighbor must have a really hot wife. Um, and so just envy, it, it just inspires feelings in me. And so so that's going to be my pick for, for the F. Yeah, that, I always thought that commandment was like, you know, telling a kid to not play with his toys. You know, it's like, oh, the more you tell me not to covet her, the more I kind of do. So I, I'm all about freaking envy. <laughs> yep. Okay, awesome. and then you get first Mary pick as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take Sloth for marrying. Um, I think, you know, just a, a, a lot of these traits, you know, aren't things you want to spend the rest of your life with. But I think I get behind just plopping my butt on the couch, hanging out with my my beloved Sloth. Uh, not, not the animal, the, the sin, um, <laughs> and just, you know, spending the day laying around, watching TV, movies, watching sports, doing a little reading, not doing much of anything. Uh, I think that'd be an okay, an okay life. Who are you marrying? Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, perhaps zag again, and I'm going to marry lust. Um, you know, <laughs> everybody always talks, you read, you read any book out there, they say, you know, there's there's two things that make marriages fail. One of them's money, but the other one is just sex life, not having sex. Um, and I want my marriage to last, and so I want my partner to to want me. You know what I'm saying, man? So I'm I'm cuffing up lifetime of lust. What? What are you? Are you a sex addict? What are you addicted to sex? Uh, not addicted to it, but I I think I would like it as I grow old. Think it's a good time. Sorry, just had to get my Jim Harbaugh in there. So yeah, yeah, I I, I think it's a good pick. Uh, all right, you want you want to get us to the kills? Yeah. So this is hard. Um, only a few options left here, but I'm just gonna kill wrath. Um, a lot of these deadly sins have you know a side to them that is alluring. You know, it, it's bad, but it's good. And to me, wrath is just flat out bad. There's no I mean, yeah, screaming, being really angry can can release some endorphins, but not like lust. Uh, and so I'm killing wrath. I There's no place for it in the world. The world would be a better place. I like being a happy guy, optimistic, so wrath's got to go. Yeah, my thing with wrath, I, I had it on my list, um, but I think wrath can at least be chalked up to just, you know, emotions getting the better of somebody. Um, and so the one I'm going to take away, I think, is is a deeper rooted issue, and I'm taking away greed. Uh, you know, money is the root of all evil, they say, uh, and I just think a lot of the world's problems can be traced back to greed and you know wanting something kind of talked about before that you can't have, or just wanting more of something. Um, and so I think greed is very dangerous. So I'm going to give her give it the axe. Yeah, I I think it's actually a good pick. Greed would have been my number two for marriage, behind lust. 
because, you know, like I said, sex and money are the two things that, that can harm a relationship. And I think as long as you're greedy for you and your partner in marriage, then greed can be a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's worth killing. And I think we, we need to not just let this slide. What does it say about us that the one we didn't pick for anything was pride, Tyus? Um, do we I don't know. Be, I can't tell good or bad. Do we need to be more confident or are we too confident? You know? I certainly don't think we need to be more confident. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let's just chalk Maybe it up we... to, to, you know. Too many beers. Should we cut this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's toss it up to that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pause. Okay. Connor's still thinking of an answer to what that says about us. So I'm going to go ahead and and reveal our movie of the week this week. Uh, You probably guessed this one if you've seen it. This movie is Seven with the number seven replacing the V. Uh, Story featuring Morgan Freeman. Ever heard of him? Brad Pitt. Ever heard of him? And... um, uh, who's the guy from House of Cards who's problematic? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, uh, so pretty fitting because he is a serial killer in this movie, uh, and he is choosing to kill all of the deadly sins. Uh, he's killing seven people who he thinks embodies each of the seven deadly sins uh, in a way that really highlights the dangers of of that sin. So it's a very it's a psychological thriller. Uh, makes you think. A great movie that I will never, ever watch again. Um just because it's a little disturbing. Uh, but Connor, have you seen Seven? I have not, um, but I, uh, I'm i on a firm protest of all Kevin Spacey uh, movies, shows, so I will not watch it because I, I'm an ally uh, and and I don't support what he did. Wow. It's, it's, I'm, a, I'm in, in awe of your principle here, Connor. Uh, it's, it's just it's a sight to behold, and I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Yeah, and I think that will... Uh, We'll wrap up our movie talk and and we'll move on with the podcast. Hey, Tyus, by the way, I'm going to watch it later. Three, two, one. Okay, it is time for our baseball segment today, uh, this week. Uh, we haven't been talking about the MLB playoffs at all, and uh, you know I've heard they're going on, so I guess we should talk about them a little bit. Um, so we're going to do what we do best. Instead of actually talking about the games, we're going to talk about a stupid little hypothetical that uh, is vaguely related to, to the games in, in MLB. So our hypothetical, we're in the ALCS-NLCS round of the playoffs, four teams left. And so we're going to be talking about if the mascots of every team left were facing off against the mascots from the other team, in a game of baseball. So nine mascots versus nine mascots, which team is winning and advancing to the World Series? So we've got the astronauts for the Houston Astros going up against the Yankees, whose mascot would be Northern Civil War Stormtroopers. And then the other series, uh, the Padres versus the Phillies, we've got nine priests facing up against nine dudes from Philly. So very excited to get into the interweavings of, of this and how this is going to go down. Uh, but Connor, let's let's start with you. Do you want to start ALCS or NLCS? I say we start with uh, the ALCS. Um, so, yeah. so again, yeah, we've got basically the way this is going is these the mascots are playing a game of baseball. So nine astronauts on the diamond versus nine so- Northern Civil War soldiers. Um, I personally think the astronauts would come out on top. Um, 
a lot of baseball is, uh, you know, astronauts are kind of nerdy, right? And that's the biggest con. Soldiers, you would think, would be more athletic. But astronauts are super familiar with uh, bombs, missiles, um, nukes, things of this nature. Uh, And this MLB playoffs has shown that, you know, small balls in the past, it's all about the long ball, uh, some some moonshots. So I'm taking the astronauts. Houston, we're primed for liftoff. Uh, that's so that's interesting. I think all those those uh, arguments make sense, especially on the analytics side. Uh, but you know, a lot of times it comes down to numbers versus man strength. And like you mentioned, the astronauts might be a little nerdy, and the Civil War soldiers got some man strength. So I actually think they would win uh, for a couple of reasons. I think, as we've seen in all sports, chemistry. And kind of fighting for a shared cause is so important. And you can't tell me that a group of astronauts are going to have a tighter bond than a group of nine grizzled Army veterans that have each other's back going to fight and die for each other. Uh, they're going to be clicking. They're going to be on the same page. I think that matters. Um, the other thing I think uh, that's worth noting is that all uh, the American space stations are located in, in the south. Um, and if there's one thing some northern Civil War soldiers can do, it's kick the shit out of anybody in the south. So uh, – so they went again. Yeah. And yeah. kind of plan on your ass. Yeah. The only other thing I, I had really contemplated with this is, you know, who's who's got home field advantage here, right? You know, if the soldiers can just stand ground uh, and, you know, make the astronauts go to them, I, I think the astronauts would have a harder time. Um, but, you know, soldiers having to, to travel, uh, plan this attack could, could make it a little harder. So it, it was a tough one. I could see this going to seven. Um, but I think in the end, the astronauts, you know, uh, they talk a lot these days about, you know, biomechanics too, you know, how do you get your spin rate up? And I think the astronauts would be able to really figure that out, um, you know, using the biomechanics. So, uh, we differ there, but talking about the NLCS nine priests versus nine dudes from Philly, who are you taking Tyus? I can't think of a more classic, uh, or, um, uh, you know, perfect, you know, matchup of good versus evil here. Uh, <laughs> Freeze versus dudes from Philly. Uh, so tail is on his time. Uh, will there, won't they bite the apple? Uh, I'm biting the apple here. I'm taking the dudes from Philly uh, for the simple reason as uh, if we've learned one thing from Notre Dame this season is that uh, God doesn't really care about his his followers doing well in sports. So uh, I, don't, I don't think he's on, on the Padre side here. Uh, and I think just the, the tenacity, the grit, uh, the, the firepower from the dudes of Philly, uh, I think they're insults that are going to be thrown at the priests. Uh, I think they could get to their heads. Priests aren't used to that uh, in my experience. So so that's my pick. What do you think, Connor? Yeah, uh, where my head went here is distinguishing between are we taking, you know, out of all of the priests – a random nine and out of all the dudes from Philly, a random nine, or is this like, you know, kind of like the little league world series where you take the all-star team from each, from each group and you get the best nine priests for the best nine dudes from Philly. I think if it's best of the best, it's gotta be the Philly dudes. Um, you know, there's enough athletes there rule of numbers. Too many priests are just like unathletic dweebs. God forgive me. I think a lot of priests are cool, but I think if you're playing the just random (laughs) numbers, priests would have a hard time. Um, or priests wouldn't be able to, to go with that. What I was going to say, though, if you're just taking random, I think the dudes from Philly, like there's a lot of fatsos from all the cheesesteaks and good food there that I think there would be a lot of liabilities out there. I think most priests are in decent shape. Um, you know, like 
maybe not jacked, but but would be able to hold their own. So I would end up taking the dudes from Philly, but it could be closer than you think, depending on how it goes. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I, I Priest definitely can be more athletic than people give them credit for. Like I, I was on a mission trip in high school, and there was a priest there who was like playing soccer with us, just like in the gym. And this dude absolutely raped. Like he was just putting kids in the spin cycle, scoring goals from midfield. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I don't think that priests are automatically going to be bad. I just think, yeah. Oh, if it's soccer, I'm taking the priests for sure, dude. All those uh, those <laughs> Latino fathers, those padres, so to speak. But um, so yeah, yeah. I I think this is just a you know baseball Philly go hand in hand. I'm taking the the Philly. So quickly, I guess we can go through. Let's let's say uh, your Civil War soldiers win. You taking the Civil War soldiers or the Phillies? Uh, I'm taking the the Civil War soldiers. Or who are you taking? I would as well. I would as well. Yeah. Yep. I would, and I would take the astronauts over the the Phillies too. So same. same. So. Looks like we need to bet on the uh, the American League here, uh, Astros Yankees to to win it all. So, um, Tyus, any thoughts on on the actual baseball that's happening, uh, or should we just stick with the hypothetical? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just my only thought is uh, keeping in the AL. Uh, just I think it's worth mentioning that the Mariners finally made it. Uh, that was so fun to see their fans getting super excited, people freaking out uh, when they made it for the first time, and and they fought well. They had a good series with the Astros, and I know a lot of people didn't want to see them fall to the Astros. Personally, I don't hate the Astros as much as as most people do. Uh, they definitely cheated. They definitely got caught. Uh, I have a, a, a hinting suspicion that a lot of other teams were doing the same thing, just didn't get caught. Um, so I don't hate him as much. And also the fact that they're still doing so well, several years removed from the cheating scandal, either means they're still cheating and no one's caught them again, or they're actually good um, and so better even without the cheating, in which case, who cares about the cheating as much? It, it, it plays less of a factor. Um, but yeah, those, those are my only thoughts. Do you have anything on on playoffs? Yeah, I I think my biggest takeaway is like, out of especially out of the four teams that are left, there are just so many douchebags on these teams, uh, <laughs> heavily on the Astros. Like their whole team is just filled with douches. Um, I hate Altuve. I hate Manny Machado for the Padres. Um, the Yankees. I Josh Donaldson is the douche of all douches. Yes. Um, yes. And what's interesting is Bryce Harper in the past has kind of been a renowned douche, but I think he is you know coming into himself. He's he's maturing a little bit. Um, so out of strictly vibes, I'm rooting for the Phillies. I like them. I love Kyle Schwarber, former Cub. Um, so that series is going to be really fun. I think uh, we're recording this Wednesday night. Uh, so the Padres just won that series is one to one. So yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I like the Phillies. Uh, it's sad that our that the Cardinals got booted so early. Um, I was really really hoping that that they would pull it off, but yeah, they'll be back next year though. There's no way they can. They're not losing anybody important, are they? Um, you know, no. I think they're they're bringing the whole squad back. Um, and you know, like you said, though, they're gonna make it. They're they're the last ten years. They've just been automatic. Make the playoffs, lose. Make the playoffs, lose. Um, so if there's one thing you can count on. It's it's the Cardinals disappointing come October. Yeah, I'll circle it in my calendar. I can't wait. All right, that ends baseball talk. Do what you want to do. If you like chocolate cake um, and you eat a piece uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how 
that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's uh, that that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting, and then uh, you, you need to you're going to try to go get it if you can. You know, that's- all right, all right, all right. It is NFL time this week. Uh, kind of a lackluster slate of games. We're not really anything um, too significant outside of our two teams games, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So I uh, don't want to bore you guys with other other information. So Connor. Let's just get started with you. Chiefs fall to the Bills, like Tony Romo predicted, 24-20. What are your thoughts walking away from the loss? Yeah, well, first things first, the 24-20 was was a good call. But one thing that pissed me off was it was 0-0 with like four minutes left in the first quarter. And Tony Romo's like, yeah, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And then, you know, second half rolls around and Jim Nance's like, you knew it, Tony, you know. Not the high-scoring affair we thought it would be. Well, you know what, Tony? I could have told you it was going to be low-scoring when there were no points in the first quarter. So uh, uh, moving on from that, I digress. Uh, tough loss. It was one that we really wanted. Uh, I think it, that's going to determine home field advantage in the AFC. I think the Chiefs and the uh, and the Bills will be the 1-2 seed. Um, and that is basically a two-game lead on the home field advantage. Uh, get the extra win and the the head-to-head there. So tough loss in general, not one that I'm really freaking out about. I, we know the Bills are good, so it's not a bad loss by any means. Missing Trent McDuffie and Rashad Fenton, probably our two uh, two of our three best corners with Legereus Sneed, um, and Willie Gay, the linebacker who got suspended for throwing a vacuum. So all of those guys should be back soon. I think that'll help out a lot. Um, what's hard with the Chiefs is it's like, kind of hard to find the exact missing piece kind of like our tackles got beat a ton um but the bills pass rest is good so i don't are we just bad there i don't know um no real coherent thoughts a loss is a loss but but not too worried so unlike the chiefs eagles win to sick go to six and oh uh still the last undefeated team make me happy how you feeling yeah, yeah, just like that guy in the Chiefs you mentioned, he threw a vacuum. Uh, the Eagles have been real good at throwing away things that sucked this year, and that's what we did to the Cowboys. Um, I, I'm I'm about as high as I could be uh, right now. I think so. Just, just right, right now, um, just some some I guess uh, qualms or concerns I have. Uh, we've got a lot of injuries. Uh, our line played awesome on Sunday, but Lane Johnson concussion. Jason Kelsey's been dealing with stuff. Uh, Mylotta, I think, missed a game a couple of weeks ago. So that's definitely the strength of our team. And if they're beat up um, and can't go down the stretch, that makes me scared. Um, but otherwise, I, I feel really good. I think the game plan versus Micah Parsons was awesome. I know Collinsworth kept talking about how they were just letting him free and not even trying to block him and reading him, which was so cool and, and obviously worked. Uh, I am a little worried that we like showed too much too soon. We're going to play them at least one more time this year. Could definitely see us meeting them again in the playoffs. Um, and so we've just given them a lot of time to adjust to that game plan. But hopefully I have faith that the coaches will adjust as well. Um, but, I mean, really, I, I, we've had second-half struggles all year. And we started to again this week, but we responded. The, the Cowboys came back. It was 2017. People were freaking out. Uh, Jalen Hurts composed, cool as a cucumber, uh, drove us down the field. Awesome drive put the game to bed uh no doubt about it uh, so i really i i was trying to think just to temper my expectations and you know talk myself off the ledge uh like what teams can realistically compete with us in the nfc or who is at least better than us in the nfc right now um 
And I can't really think of anybody, Connor. I, the Vikings and Packers, I mean, we smashed the Vikings. Packers kind of look like they stink. Uh, the Bucks are struggling this year, and the Rams and the 49ers haven't been great. I, I don't know. Can you think of – other than the, the Cowboys, I think, are the, the team in the NFC that scares me the most. Am I missing somebody? The Giants. Division rival Giants. Uh, I think the Giants might be legit. We might talk about that more later on. I don't know. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think there are very few, like, really frisky teams in the NFC. Um, I think the, the Cowboys at their best. I think Dak Prescott makes a difference. Part of it was the Eagles' pass rush, but Cooper Rush in that first half was seeing ghosts. He looked so rattled, so uncomfortable. He got back into it in the second half, and, and they competed. So I, I kind of agree that the Cowboys might be the, the biggest threat there in the NFC. Um, I think the Vikings are good, but match going up against the Eagles, like they can't com- keep with them on the offensive end, and they don't have the defense to, to shut them down. So um, I'm with you. I, if I could bet the Eagles to win the NFC, I would, and since I can, I will. That's great logic right there. Hopefully that it. doesn't mush them for you. But, I um, fail, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we can uh, we can move on now to our least surprising surprise of the week, and mine was uh, was actually about one of the games we've already talked about here. So I'll go first if you don't mind. Um, my my least surprising surprise was Chiefs being unable to fend off visitors from the turf that is rightfully theirs. Um, Chiefs home game they lost. Uh, you know, just like the the natives to this great land. These these honkies from the East Coast come to our our Midwestern territory and they uh, they just take what is ours uh, and leave us with nothing. So um, pretty self-explanatory there. That's my least surprising surprise. Yeah, especially for a team named after Buffalo Bill Cody, um, a guy who was, I think, in the Wild West. I, I don't actually know who he is, but I'm going to assume he wasn't friends with a lot of Native Americans. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, I I should have mentioned that. I appreciate you uh you giving me the assist there. So I got you, brother. Uh, all right, my least surprising surprise is that a Justin might need to prepare for a double team. Uh, so Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, uh, another amazing week. He's had an amazing season. Uh, he had six catches for 107 yards against the Dolphins this week. Just a man on a mission. He's probably going to see some double teams coming his way uh, in the near future. A different Justin uh, from another realm of the news, uh, Justin Bieber, might also have to prepare for a double team because a picture came out this weekend of his wife, Haley Bieber, hanging out with Selena Gomez, his ex-girlfriend. So those two are together. They're getting chummy. You know, sparks might be flying. I'm just saying, Justin, uh, start getting on the film. You might want to be ready, my man. Would that be a good double team for the Beebster or a bat? You're thinking that in a good way, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be... Uh... I, I I didn't see that picture, but I am my head is in dirty places right now, so I think we should move on. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> okay, uh, I think season total showdown is next. Um, AFC NFC team. I wanted to do a quick rundown here uh, of kind of where we are at with this. You're kind of you were talking talking yourself up earlier. You're kind of shitting the bed here. Um, some of your picks are not looking great. We're going to go through it. So week one, you took the Cowboys under nine and a half. They're four and two. Week two, you took the Lions over six and a half. They're one and four. Week three, you took the Commanders under eight and a half. They're at two and four. That's probably okay. Week four, you took the Falcons over four and a half. 
think that's a good pick. And week five, you took the Panthers under six and a half, probably a good pick. Um, I'll just point out the other perhaps questionable ones here. AFC, you had Colts under nine and a half. They don't look good, but they're three, two, and one. Um, Jags over six and a half. They're only two and four. Dolphins have, have fizzled out their quarterback situation. You have over eight and a half. Um, and then the rest of yours, I think, look good. But a lot of a lot of questionable things. Any thoughts there for you? Yeah, uh, Dolphins. I still feel okay about. They've every game they've lost has been without Tua, um, so I think they'll be fine once he comes back. And again, they only need to win five more games. I think they can do that. Um, so, so I'm feeling okay about them. Jags might have overreacted. I'll say it. <laughs> Same for the Lions. Uh, not feeling great about either one of those, but. Who's this? I, I was going to bet the under for the Cowboys anyway, so I, I don't feel bad about that one. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, just for the record, my only even potentially questionable ones right now are the Patriots. I have under eight and a half. They're three and three. And the 49ers, I have under ten and a half. They're three and three. Uh, every other one I have is looking great. So um, happy with that. But we can get on to this week's. Who do you got uh, for week six, Tyus? Uh I'm going with the New York special here. I'm taking the Jets over five and a half wins and the Giants over six and a half wins. Uh, both of them are uh, 1.5 games away from reaching this mark. So even if they do really poorly the rest of the way, I feel good that they can get to two more wins, especially the Giants. Uh, looking at their schedule, they haven't played the Commanders at all yet. So they have two more games against them. They still play the Texans. They still play, um, I think, the Jaguars. They still play... Someone else that's really bad that I'm forgetting about, uh, the Seahawks. Um, it's actually not as bad as we might think. Um, and the Jets are beating teams that you never would have thought they would beat. So I think they can get two more uh, pretty easily here. So in a, in a day when the Yankees advance to the ALCS, I'm taking the other New York teams to, to advance as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on the Jets. They're my pick as well from the AFC. Um, they look good, only need two more wins. And uh, my NFC team, I'm taking the Falcons, who you took a couple weeks ago. Their line's four and a half. They're already three and three. So I'm taking that over as well. Um, just in general, I think we're kind of at a spot here where maybe last week, this week, maybe a couple more weeks will be pretty easy. Like, I mean, we're taking the Falcons to get two more wins over the next 12 games, stuff like that. But I'm hoping mm -hmm. and excited for down the stretch here when, when there's three weeks left and, you know, a team needs one or two more wins to get the over or under. Uh, hopefully it'll get more exciting back then. So that will uh, wrap it up for our NFL talk. You're fucking crazy, but I can't turn down free money. You got a bit. All right, it is three bets time here. Uh, quick recap of last week. Uh, Tyus, 0-3 for the first time. Our first losing week as a podcast here. Um... I had the Bears, terrible loss there, the muff punt at the end. You tailed me on that, Bears lost to the Commanders. Um, I had the Chargers to cover minus four against the Broncos. They win by three. You tailed me, so we both lost there. Uh, but the lefty Lynch lock of the week, three in a row, winners. Uh, Tennessee, plus seven and a half versus Bama. They won outright, and you faded that one. So you tailed the two bad ones and faded my one good one. You're 0 and 3. I'm 1 and 2. Any thoughts? Uh, 
Yeah, I think you might have to lefty Lynch lock me up this week if I go on three again. This is I'm not feeling I'm not feeling hot, but we'll see. Let's turn it around, baby. I'm ready to go. There we go. Hey, short term memory, baby. Um, okay, my first pick: uh, college football. Not taking a side here. I'm taking the points. I'm taking over forty nine and a half in Syracuse at Clemson. I think both Clemson's offense, I think, is actually really good, and their defense isn't as good as, as everyone thinks. Um, I'm thinking like a 35-21 game here. Yeah, 49 feels kind of low for a college game. Cause, yeah, it gets like an average of 25 a team. So I'm going to, like the math. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to fade you. Again, for someone who picks Syracuse as a potential college football playoff team, I haven't watched them once this year. I know nothing about their team. Um, but what the hell? Let's get crazy. Could take you over. I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, tailing on that one. So going to the NFL here, um, a very shocking line here. Giants are on the road at Jaguars. I'll let you guess. What do you think the line is? Uh, I'll say Giants minus four and a half would be my guess. Yeah. Giants are three point underdogs. It's Giants plus three in Jacksonville. So that's the side I'm taking. Yeah, that's that scares me. I I do think. I mean, Giants have been able to just keep every game close, whether they've won or lost. I, yeah, I don't know. It just scares me. Doug Peterson, if he knows one thing, it's how to beat those stinking Giants. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna fade you just for rooting interest. I'll fade. Okay, seven and a half points off on his guess, and he's still still fading. <laughs> that's how you know he's confident in himself. Um, okay, and then my last one, I'm taking Raiders minus seven at home versus the Texans. So you say this all the time. I think it's a get-right game for the Raiders. Uh, I think their offense is going to gonna show out, and I don't think the Texans will keep up. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, seven is a lot of points. And the Texans have they've kept things interesting, too. Uh, but I think the Raiders really need to win this game. Uh, and they kind of had a chance to beat the Chiefs. I think they are playing better as the year's gone on. They just haven't been winning. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll follow along. Okay. So you are tailing over 49.5 in Clemson-Syracuse. And you are tailing Raiders minus 7 versus the Texans. But you are fading the New York Giants plus 3 versus the Jaguars. And lo and behold, Giants plus 3 are the Lefty Lynch lock of the week. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. Hello, and welcome to this week's Starting Five with a special guest uh, who is not from Special Ed, but maybe should have been, my good friend Sean Van Beesler. Uh, Sean works as a TV producer for, for different sports. He's been done ESPN, Bally Sports, Fox, getting ready to go to the World Cup. So uh, we are excited to have him on here to draft television, sports, broadcasters, and announcers. So, Sean, welcome. How you doing? Hey, uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here. I don't know what that intro was exactly. I'm going to have to think about that one for a little bit, but uh, I appreciate the, uh, the nice words. We already got him rattled here before, before the draft. <laughs> no, so. no, no. Uh, do you think your experience, uh, you know, producing these broadcasts, being in the TV truck, is is going to come in handy, or are you just just a guy for this one? No, I think uh, 
Well, I'm, I don't think it's the, the, the work uh, experience I have, but it might be the uh, countless hours of sports that I've watched throughout my life. And so uh, I think that will give me a nice edge here. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, so this week's draft, like I said, uh, sports broadcasters and announcers, kind of the universe we're working within is uh, not like studio analysts. So they have to be calling games. They could be play-by-play or color commentators, um, but but have to be on the game call. So that's uh, any other clarifying points we need to do before we get going? No, nope, no, I just want to say we did the, uh, the starting five sports television producers off air before this and, and Sean was Sean was my one one so I'm looking to build off build off that success in, in this round here. Yeah the voters yeah, the voters will mention for myself as well. I wanted to go through that at the end but we can uh, look past that. <laughs> okay well we did the wheel of names and I got the first pick. Um you know not super happy about this still trying to figure out what to do. Uh, there's a few guys I want that I, I would have liked to be at the back end. Um but Alas, I have to take someone, um, and I'm going to go with the guy, the guy I want, the guy I need on my board, and that's Chris Fowler. Um, you know, not, not like the biggest, biggest name out there, but there's two main reasons I like this. He does college football, and he's like the glue guy. I know we're not, you know, game day is a, is a studio type thing. It's not calling the games, but he's kind of the glue guy for that. Works great with Kirk Herbstreit. Every game feels like a big game. But the reason I really like Chris Fowler is every single tennis major, Grand Slam, he goes and he announces for that. And he does an awesome job with McEnroe. So I like the versatility there, not just one sport. Uh, seems like a good guy. Might have shot myself in the foot already, but I'm I'm taking Fowler. Yeah, I, I think he's a great announcer. Uh, and I think he's great for tennis, just like how he gets his voice quiet like it feels like he's there i guess he is there but it feels like he's he's the part of the match that like the fans um i do think he could have got him later uh and my only knock on him is that i didn't know the difference between him and reese davis for the first 20 years of my life i still kind of think they're the same person but but he, he's great at his job so fair i think that's a good pick uh, yeah you think of uh big time college football games, big time uh, tennis matches, grand slam finals, and he's the voice of that for however many years we've been we've been watching sports, so Yeah, and I have no clue where this is going, but but at least I can kinda dip my toes in a few different waters there. So uh I believe Sean has the second pick. So who who's your first guy gonna be, Sean? Or Gal? Oh, that's tough. I, I had two uh two guys on my board here for this first round that I, I wanted to get. Um I'm going to actually go with the one that was second on my list. I thought Connor was going to pick the first guy, but uh, I think I can maybe get him later. I'm going to go with John Madden, the GOAT, color analyst, NFL. They named a video game after him. I'm going to go with John Madden. Yeah, I don't – the thing that – I have my biggest knock on this, and it might just be me thing, I – because of when I've been alive, I remember his announcing more from the video games than actually, like – listen watching sports with him announcing like all i can think about is the just the on cycle lines that would go through madden 08 uh of him talking and so i i wasn't he wasn't on my board wasn't going to take him but you can't knock the fact that he's an icon so fair pick do you remember actually listening to him sean a little bit but i think i think him being the voice of the video game i think that works like and he's just 
he, the reason he's on the video game is because he's an iconic uh, analyst. The guys in the video games that we played with, the reason we like all them is because they were great players. Um, same with him. And I think my favorite moment, my favorite thing about him is the, uh, you guys might not remember this, the Tenactin commercials. Tough Actin, Tenactin. I don't know. I, that, 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 uh, that commercial just sticks in my head. He, it's a, it's just him. He was, he was the sponsor for it. So. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen him call an actual game besides Madden. So my only associations with him are anytime I would throw just a terrible pick over the middle, him coming in strong with the, not sure what that guy was looking at there, but you know, here goes the defense. Uh, and so for that reason, I couldn't pick him. Uh, but yeah, it goes status for sure. It's, 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 it's a, you know, basic pitch on, but, it, but you know, it plays. Worst part of that tie was was you probably you probably used the Ask Madden play through the pick, and then he's like, well, I don't know why they called that play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to give me better plays than yeah. that, John. It's not all on me. <laughs> okay, for the wraparound, Tyus, you got two picks. Okay. Uh, I really, there's so many ways you can go with this, and I know Connor was building in the excuses for his first pick, but I'm, I'm feeling the heat now that's back on me. Uh, so I'm just going to go with, with my gut here and the guys I like. Uh, so I think I could get this guy later, but my first pick is going to be John Gruden, uh, formerly of Monday Night Football fame. And, and I'm not going to take some of his emails, just, just the things he says on air. Uh, and I think when you're watching a game, right, the whole point of the broadcaster, and specifically the color, color analyst, is one, to break out the game, break down the game, but mostly just to keep you entertained. And I can't think of anyone who does a better job of that than John Gruden with his, with his Gruden grinders with uh, – you know, man's and just like kind of his funny sayings. Uh, I just Monday Night Football has not been the same, even close to the same since he left, uh, and so so I miss him. I want him back. John Gruden's my pick. Yeah, like you said, entertaining and just a great voice. Like the voice itself, there goes a long way. Um, I'm glad you took him as well because I have somebody on my list that might might uh, ruffle some feathers with some some outside the booth conduct. Uh, so I'm glad you opened the door there. He might take a little, uh, more of the heat than I will if I take my guy later on. So I think that's, I think it's a good pick. I think it's a good pick. All right. Who's great, your second one? That's great one? tease there, Connor. You can tell we've been in this business for a while now. It's a veteran move. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number two, uh, I'm going to get a little more serious here. I'm going to switch to, uh, a non-football guy. This is our first non-football pick. I'm going to take Mike Breen. Um, and you might be asking yourself at your home, who is Mike Breen? And I have three words for you. Curry, three, bang! Uh, and I don't think I need to say anything more. He's, uh, he's my pick. Yeah, that was, a good pick. that was one that I was considering at 1-1 just because of the uniqueness, that the iconic call. Um, and I've got a thing that might be even better than the Curry call, and that was the Luka bubble game winner where the double bang came out the bang bang so yeah mike breen's bang if it was just like individual calls that would have been my one one um but i, I like some of the other announcers as a whole more but great pick yeah yeah, mike yeah a good pick. i was Sean. trying to look up uh just i was searching my ground i was trying to find the exact quote from when the rappers won the title that's my favorite quote from him but uh the one of the headlines or one of the youtube videos is just mike bring Mike Breen's best of bang calls. The, <laughs> the name of the video is just... Somebody needs to, to dub like a porno with with Mike Breen's bangs. <laughs> From way downtown. 
the other thing uh he you get he, the double bang in there the other thing that's that's good that some people have a line and they overuse it mike breen uses his bangs judiciously they're always big moments late in games uh he he's not giving you a third quarter bang you know yeah kind of yeah, like your not, mom you gotta earn the bang from him yeah yeah okay sean your second pick Okay, back to me. Oh, there's a few like really, really good names in here. Um, I don't have too many color analysts on my big board, um, but I'm I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna go with another one or not. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go go somewhere else here. I'm gonna go with Gus Johnson, another oh. guy who just like legendary games, legendary calls. Like he's all like. He makes the game. Sometimes he can make the game like exciting, and his his voice just going back to his days uh, and state tournaments, right? He did some of those in college football. There's just as many iconic Chris Fowler and just as many as, of those as Gus Johnson. So that's my pick. Yeah, I think I think Chris Fowler's more like your your by the book, just like great announcer. And Gus Johnson. Whenever I think of Gus Johnson, I just think of him like going berserk in the in the booth, like just. It's like a kid on Christmas, just like going crazy. So again, like you said, some some of the announcers you're taking because they they give the big game energy, and some because they make it entertaining. I think Gus Johnson's more on the entertaining side, uh, but like you said, he's been part of a lot of big games. So yeah. fine pick. I yeah. I wasn't gonna pick him. I don't think. But well, I got one more thing to add about Gus Johnson. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Oh, my bad. I thought you were moving on. Didn't mean to interrupt. Are you still talking, Gus? No, I'm, I've, I've okay. said my piece. Um, my my one of my favorite moments it was when Fox first got a soccer Champions League rights like ten years ago, and they tried putting Gus Johnson on some Champions League games and soccer games, and they were so interesting to like listen to because he it was just for like they did it probably for a year, and they're like this I don't know not a sport, but uh, there were a few good good inter- entertaining uh, games where he called, and it was just Yeah, didn't listen to those, but but yeah, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay, so it's back to me now, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want to say real quick, Sean, I don't like Gus Johnson really. I think he's the anti Mike Green. Where Mike Green, he saves the Curry three bangs for the biggest shots, game winners, and Gus Johnson's losing his mind over like a third and ten pickup. Um, so so I didn't have him on my list, but I know a lot of people do like him, so I won't I won't hate on it for too much. But sorry, Connor, you go ahead. Okay. Um Well, I'm good I'm happy because all the people I wanted are still are still here other than Mike Breen. So I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. Uh my first one on this wraparound, I'm going to take Chris Collinsworth. Uh now here's a guy who has the big game feel. He has his shtick. And he is thoroughly entertaining. Uh, one thing that has grown on me more and more throughout the years, he's got Pro Football Focus, the PFF, and he uses that like really well in the broadcast. I think it, he he doesn't just like shove it down your throats, but he brings up some really good points uh, about the players. He like really knows what he's talking about. Um, the the slide in is electric. Uh, he's got a lot of things that just make it really entertaining to watch. Chris Collinsworth, great voice. Um, so yeah. Big game NFL. Yeah, I love the JK. He was on my list as well. Uh, he's, like you said, he's got his little niches. He's got his little calling cards, but also just 
he's great at breaking down the games and like he'll notice something in a play that you know i've been watching football for a long time uh i like to think of myself as fairly educated on the game and he'll just find things immediately it's like oh well this is why this play worked or this is why this play did and he's so good at at explaining it and and still seeming like he's having fun and enjoying himself while he's explaining it so yeah I, he, he's high on my list i like collinsworth i think it's a good pick i don't have anything else to add on top of that appreciate that sean um <laughs> Yeah, just, last thing I'll say on him is I don't think I find myself just, like, smiling for pretty much no reason listening to any of these guys more than I do Chris Collinsworth. He's just kind of a goober, uh, and I love that about him. Here I'm I'm divided with my next pick on whether I go with another chalk, just, just awesome guy, or whether I get a little more out there. But I'm going to hope my out there pick might stay around, and I'm going to take another powerhouse in Jim Nance. Um Another just awesome NFL announcer. Uh, he's been around the block. Big game energy. Um, but similar to my Chris Fowler with tennis, a huge perk of Jim Nance is golf. When you think of the Masters, you get Jim Nance welcome you down, uh, you know, Augusta, talking about each hole, talking about the golfers. Um, I like the, the versatility there. And I think there, this is one where, I'd like to hear you guys point out a flaw because I think if like, you know, people in the industry are Mizzou journalism professors were rating these, I think Jim Nance would be the one one. I think he's a good pick. Can't fault it. Um, I'm curious what you think of his little uh, tradition after the NCAA tournament ends when he gets his tie to to his uh, what is it the star player? I'm the star senior. Think of that. The star comment, senior but... of the uh, yeah. Uh, NCAA basketball that it's just the best senior uh, so I love that you know he's he's not about the one and done culture right he wants the grinders the guys that go for you know they go to play school and ball um, and it's just a nice little memento I would kill for a Jim Nance tie so <laughs> yeah he's the consummate announcer I got nothing he's just he's he's like you said very good at his job good at lots of different sports uh, I can't knock it the only um, thing I'd say is not a lot of flair, but he does like he does have like you said the big game voice and like when he's talking, whatever's going on feels like it matters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um okay, Sean, your next pick. Oh man, this is tough again. I'm trying to Okay, I'm gonna go with uh really I kind of just hinted at it when I just some of the college, the NCAA tournament, uh, college basketball. I'm going to go with the best color analyst in college basketball, in my opinion. Eh, there's, there's a few, it's debatable. But I'm going to go with Bill Raftery. Just, I think he's a legend, and his calls on some of the NCAA tournament final games are just, they're iconic. Onions. Um, I was rewatching the Villanova-North Carolina finish uh, a few days ago when I was trying to come up with my big board, and Tim and Janine did a great job on that, and I'm going to go with, Bill Yeah, you said you should have you should have dove deeper into the onions. I think that's like one of my favorite favorite calls, favorite things uh, from any guy out there. Um, he's a little niche, but he absolutely kills the niche. So so I like the pick. That's why I was hesitant, but I felt like it was the right time to take him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't know who he was until you said onions, and as soon as you said onions, I, I exactly who it was. So so yeah, I I think he's good. All right, uh, that's back to me, right? Yep, for two. Heck, yeah. 
right. Uh, I am honestly shocked that this guy is still here. He's the number three on my big board. Uh, and so I'd like to see United, this pick, too. Uh, I'm going back to football, going to college football. Chris Fowler's partner, color analyst. I'm going Kirk Herbie Herbstreet. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say about him other than, again, big game feel. And he just, I enjoy listening to him. He's a great guy. I can't think of anybody that doesn't like him. Uh, and so, so Herbstreet's my pick. And he's a grinder. Now he does Thursday night football, but he, what, college game day in the morning, and then he flies to wherever he's calling the game at night and does that. And then he's done a few NFL Sunday games or Monday night games in the past. He's a grinder That's during right. football season. Yeah, you got to respect that. Um, Kirk Herbstreet, my biggest pro is like every mom out there loves Kirk Herbstreet. Like he's a handsome guy, um, you know, seems like he's got himself really put together. So that's a good thing. The reason I had him lower on my board, I, I would have taken him late. The reason I had him lower is because when I think Kirk Herbstreet, I think game day. I think more of like a like an analyst, like in a talk show. And obviously he calls some huge, like the best college football game each week. So it's not to say he doesn't have that in the bag. But I think when we think Kirk Herbstreet, we don't think of him in the booth as much. And so that's why I, I had had him a little lower down. But great pick. Yeah, and also I think my grandma told me that I looked like him once. Um, they're at, you know, like a family gathering. And so I think I'm just tied to him now. And so I, I need him on my list. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's your, Kirk. Uh, your grandma's full of shit, Tyus. <laughs> you shut up, Connor. She's a wonderful <laughs> woman. She knows exactly what she's talking about, and uh, her eyesight's fine. Oh, uh, okay, uh, my next pick is uh, is going back into the uh, play-by-play guys. I'm going to take Joe Buck, uh, and this takes a lot for me to say as a Cubs fan. Uh, you know, he's obviously very tied to the Cardinals organization. Um, but once again, we've talked about it a lot before, so I'm not going to dwell on it. But when I'm looking for announcers, I want people that make it feel like a big game. And Joe Buck, just he's got that deep kind of soothing voice uh you get the afternoon's nfl games you get mlb playoffs you get nfl playoffs so so he's gonna raise the stakes of any game and, and i just think he's a pretty funny witty guy um so so he's not afraid to get a little loose and, and, and have a little fun while he's broadcasting so so i like joe buck he's my next pick. yeah my uh my biggest con here uh there was a stretch in my life where like there was not a person i hated more my, I, I had a hate list that went Madison Bumgarner and then Joe Buck. When the Royals had those couple World Series runs, and I think a lot of fan bases feel this way, it feels like Joe Buck just like hates your team. He was just like sucking the Giants' dick all 2014, and every time I listened to him, I wanted to punch him in the face. With that, I completely agree with everything you said. Like the elevating the game, when you hear Joe Buck's voice, you're you're locked in like for the next three hours. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't hate the pick if I was an objective, uh, picker here, but he saw sore spot in my heart for, for Joe Buck. So fuck him. I was gonna say, I was gonna, um, make note of exactly what Connor just said, but, um, I think it's a good pick and I feel like every, I feel like a sign of him not hating your team is that like. So many fan bases have said that about him, I feel like. I feel like that's a common thing. It's like, Joe Buck hates your team. But if everyone feels that way, I think that's just, I don't know. I think he's just a little more straightforward and doesn't, I don't know. I think he's good. So It also like shows how, like like what Ty says, how many big games he's had. Like, 
you know, yeah. if he calls every World Series, he's going to piss off a fan base like every year, you know. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think it's, it's a con that is a fruit of a of a pro. So, yeah. And one last thing I'll say about him is it's, he's so good at just letting the moment speak for itself and like letting you hear the crowd noise. And I think that's a great skill and, and just makes you feel like you're more a part of the game. And, and I like that, too. That interview yeah, he had with time. with Jimmy Kimmel a couple weeks ago was awful, though. The halftime interview. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, that wasn't his fault, though. That right. was Jimmy Kimmel, not yeah. funny. Yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. agree, but that, yeah, another con. I had to poke at it. <laughs> I do remember that, but uh, yeah, no, I think the son of a good announcer, one of them is that obviously they have some iconic like things and or whatnot. They make the game more entertaining, but also they don't talk too much. Um, and most all the guys we've said so far are the best of the best, so um i guess it's me right yep yep there's so we have two rounds left correct or yep. yeah two rounds left okay yeah. well i got my board has four guys left that i don't know how i can decide between them but i'm gonna have to um <laughs> i know connor's not gonna take that one uh there's three. Oh man I'm, I'm i'm down to three here and i i'm gonna go one of my personal favorites. I'm going to leave the other two for now. I'm going to go with one of my, I think my personal favorite, whenever he's calling a game, I love watching. I love listening to him. Ian Eagle, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, the second uh, CBS show NFL game every week on uh, every Sunday. And then he does TNT basketball playoffs, uh, March Madness. Ian Eagle. Yeah. I think this is the, the, the C version of Jim Nance where not flashy, but just a consummate professional. He, you know, he gets you from point A to point B, uh, good, smooth voice. So I, I knew you were going to pick him. You've always been an Iron Eagle Stan. So not surprised, but, but wasn't one that I was going to take. So. And he's got some, uh, iconic, I don't know, some catchphrases of his own. Uh, so he's good. He's good. Yeah. I don't know much about him, just that I think his name should be Ian every time he's on screen and not Ian, so I don't like him for that reason. But but yeah, I'm good pick. Other thing, in, in this day and age, it's good to just have like a little bit of a nerd in the in the booth, you know? He he's just a fan with glasses, you know. We're not getting taken over completely by by the former athletes and coaches. So I, I like Ian Eagle. And he's got a great sense of humor. I feel like he I feel like we're all like all of us would be pretty similar. Like we're all nerds, but some of us are funny guys, you and me, but, uh, like, <laughs> I feel like he, he fits in well. He, he, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Okay. I am, I am ecstatic here. I got five of my top six picks. Um, so great day for me, no matter what the voters say, I'm happy with who I'm taking home. Um, my fourth pick is going to be an icon. I cannot believe he slipped this far, and it is going to be Dickie V, Dick Vitale. Um, I didn't have a, a real basketball guy. I had Jim Nance, but but this is a fun basketball pick. The voice, the excitement here, uh, the you know just absolute energy he brings. Um, I I had to get the icon, Dick Vitale. Yeah, yeah, an icon, like you said. The only thing, the reason I didn't have him on my list um, is because I think I like hearing his highlights more than actually like listening to a full game with him. I think he starts to wear on me a little bit as, as the full game goes on. But 
at his peak, there's no one that can that can touch him. So, so yeah, he deserves to be on here in some capacity. So I'm glad you nabbed him. Yeah, I when I when I started typing up Bill Raftery and I was like, he's the best color analyst in college basketball. I like, thought my Dickie B is the guy that came to my head. I was like, oh wait, I can't say that. They're they're both they're both legends. So yeah, my eyes like lit up when you when you did the intro to Bill Raftery because I thought that's who you were taking. I was like, shit. Yeah, so. well, I think I saw your eyes. I was like, oh wait. Yeah. Brett, uh, clarify that. Yeah, got to real got some relief when you when you went with Raftery, but okay, Dick Vitale. Then I've got two more on my list that I really wanted six and seven. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick away from football. The last guy I had was also football, and I'm gonna go with a guy um, that at his peak is the most electric guy out there. I know he has a couple cons, but I'm taking Joe Tessitore. Uh, oh specifically for boxing. He had the Monday Night Football stint. I don't like him for football that much because kind of what Tyus just said about Dick Vitale, a little bit over the top when you're having to sit through a three-hour football game. But when you have 12 three-minute rounds of just two great boxers, he there's no one like Joe. He brings the energy, the, the excitement with also the analysis. Um, like he really knows what he's talking about. I think that elevates a boxing match more than anybody else uh, in the booth for that. So, yeah, I only know him from Monday Night Football, so yeah, I don't have fond memories of him in that. But if he's gonna box, thing, I'll trust you on that. Uh, so I don't have much to add. Yeah, I, I'll add in. I think that's a great pick, and I, I well, he's like when it comes to boxing, like I think of him and uh, what Brian Kenny. He, he yep. he's the other big boxing announcer. Yeah. Is. Um, and Kellerman. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all good, and they, he has a great like. He has a great voice for like a boxing match, especially. I feel like, and the other like the the closing thought on him is it, it you have more fun listening to him. Uh, like it, it what, I, what we were saying earlier about smiling or laughing or just like getting excited. I think he brings that out of the out of the listeners. So, I'll I'll close my my team with Joe Tessitore and Sean. Back to you for your final pick. Can we do six rounds? Can we have a six man? Nope, but we'll do some honorable okay, mentions. Yeah, I just, I, this, oh my goodness. Okay, I'm gonna kick myself. I'm, I'm kicking myself that I can't stick with these guys. Um, Who's it gonna be, man? I'm, I'm gonna. Sorry for. I know this is great, great podcasting here. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just gonna go with. Uh, Holy please. shit! Pick somebody. I'm not going with I'm I'm going a little less balanced as far as like uh names as I thought I would. Uh, I was trying to get a good balance of course, but it didn't really end up that way. But I'm going Kevin Harlan. Uh he he's right he's one A, one B with Iron Eagle, um calling CBS NFL, uh TNT basketball, college basketball, and local ties. He was uh, the voice of the Chiefs growing up. Or not growing up for us, but or in his early days, and then uh, he did so many Mizzou and Kansas basketball games. Um, so he's a legend. He's great at his job, and he's had so many iconic calls too. Like when uh, when the Chiefs clinched uh, the one seed, when the Dolphins beat the Pats, and he was just calling. He was announcing both games at once, and uh, yeah, he's incredible. So that's my pick. Yeah, love Kevin Harlan. The the like elite elite football and elite elite basketball. Uh, he does great both, and yeah, I, the exact call that you mentioned is what I think of. You know, we're, like the Chiefs game on the TV, but he's calling the the 
Dolphins, like, last second touchdown. So, yeah, uh, great pick. Yeah, yeah, and he's one of those guys where I could hear his voice and instantly know who's speaking. Like, he's got such a distinct voice, which is a cool trait for a broadcaster. Uh, and so, yeah, I think he, he's, he's a pro. He's very good. The only con I had on him uh, is very small is that, kind of like the John Madden pick, um, when I hear his voice, a lot of times I think of just the game 2K, uh, from playing and hearing his voice on that. And so sometimes that diminishes the like the big game feel of the game for me. Uh, but he's so good. I, I can't knock it. It's a good picture. All right. Tyus, Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant. I learned last week uh, to, to include the females in this uh, description. So who's it going to be? Yeah, uh, good for you. I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna make it happen in two weeks in a row, unfortunately. Uh, I'm gonna take Andres Cantor for my last pick, uh, and I think Sean probably knows who this is. I bet Bruiser doesn't, uh, but he. Uh, I have one word to tell you who he is, uh, and that is goal. Uh, so I just the most, most iconic call in all sports. Got to have him on here. That's a great pick, and there's the the honorable mentions that I have are in a similar vein of like these guys are icons, but they just, I don't know. There's so many good good announcers, and yep, he's one of them. Yeah, again, I think that's you. You got you had Mike Breen as well, right? Yeah, it, yeah. So Mike, you got two of like the the bang and the goal are are again. If we're just picking quick calls, quick like catchphrases, there that's both top first rounders. So, yeah, can't knock the pick. I think the downside is you don't know much about him other than that, you know. So, but that maybe, like we said. Maybe you don't need to. Maybe you don't need to. So, um, okay. Uh, Any honorable mentions here? I have one that I need to get off my chest. It was my seventh one. I love this guy, Tony Romo. Uh, He catches a lot of flack, but I love listening to Tony Romo games. Um, Talk about, like, quick analysis of, you know, what went wrong on this play, what went right, um, what they need to do, what's about to happen. He's got it all. Um, so, and like the, the best part about Tony Romo is late in the half or late in the game. He can, within like two seconds, tell you they're going to get the ball back with eight seconds here. Uh, with like two minutes left, he knows exactly what the timing is going to be. So I like Tony Romo. That was my last real honorable mention. Yeah, he, he was next to my list as well, actually. And I think he's just so joyful when he's calling. And it feels like he's a fan of the game as well. Uh, and so that just makes me enjoy the game more. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, love, I love him too. Yep. I think it's a, he, he could have been there. I, I was going for more longevity, like long careers and just like legends of broadcasting. Um, so I didn't really consider him, but he, he's such a good analyst. Yeah. Sean, quickly, uh, you said you had a few honorable mentions. Run through them, run through them yeah. here quickly. Um, well, I'm going to start with the one that I, was, I wasn't going to pick him unless I didn't get John Madden. I was going to start my, my team with him. Uh, Vince Scully, he called Dodgers games for like 60 years. He did play-by-play and color analyst all-in-one. Um, and every pretty much every like play-by-play guy that you ever like hear list their favorite or their like mentors or the people they looked up to, it's him. So I feel like uh, we need to mention him here, uh, even though he might not have made the draft. But, um, Agreed. Baseball classic. Yeah, he's probably the sure. best of all time. Uh, uh, another one that I had that I didn't. No one picked him. I thought Connor was taking him first, first overall. Doc Emmerich. Um, <laughs> just like every Stanley Cup for what thirty years, he was the voice of. I don't know. He's a legend. Voice of the NHL video game for for a while. Um, and 
I'll rattle off a few more. David Parody. He would have been a tough one to draft top five rounds, but like his voice on golf, the masters, whatever. Is, yeah. It's pretty legendary. Agreed. Um, Tyus, did you have any? That's probably it. For, oh, actually the other, the oh, last one. Geez. Sorry. Peter Drury. Tyus, you might know who he is. He, he's a soccer announcer. He, uh, he's like a poet when he's calling games. Like he, his way with words is just incredible. So he's called so many big soccer matches, champions league finals, uh, Barcelona's comeback versus PSG, and he's like the voice of a lot of them. So now we know it was it was just uh, paralysis by analysis in the actual draft. You were taking so long because you had twelve honorable mentions here, but yeah, all all guys worthy of being mentioned. I told you guys I fell down a rabbit hole watching. <laughs> I was doing some scouting yesterday and fell down a rabbit hole of highlights. Um, and so yeah. All right, Tyus. Um, any honorable mentions, and if not. You want to give a recap of uh, who all we got? Yeah, I just have two real quick. Uh, my honorable mentions are Jeff Van Gundy and Doris Burke on the NBA NBA set. Uh, I just like that Jeff Van Gundy actually complains about the things that are annoying with, like, uh, replay and bad officiating. Yeah, very Doris fun. Burke, I, feel, I feel seen. Yeah, yeah. Very fun guy to listen uh, to. It's really real. And Doris Burke's just an icon, so I had to get her on here as well. I uh, think she, she's my favorite NBA analyst. Um, I didn't include her, just... She was because it's only NBA. I was trying to get I don't know people that I had too many niches already with like Bill Raftery, so I didn't really. She's the only out. female that I like listen to, and I ha- I I could I just never even have an inkling to complain about her. Um, you know, she she does a great job. Sean's giving me some stink eye here. <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of good good uh, female analysts and play by people so. Well, good for you. All right, Tyus, give the give the rundown real quick. Yeah, and I just I just get the sense that if we let Sean go on for like thirty more minutes, he could keep naming analysts and play by play people for <laughs> like at least in the two hundreds. I think I think he's ready to go for for round fifty four. Um, but so here's our quick recap: We had Connor picking first. He takes Chris Fowler, Chris Collinsworth, double Chris, Jim Nance, Dick Vitale, Dickie V, and. Jim or Joe Tessitore? Joe. Joe Tessitore. Uh, Sean took John Madden, Gus Johnson, Bill Raftery, Ian Eagle, and Kevin Harlan. And I, Tyus, took John Gruden, Mike Breen, Kirk Herbstreet, Joe Buck, and Andres Carter. Or, excuse me, Andres Cantor. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well done. Nice accent. My very, thank you. my very last honorable mention, Rex Hudler, voice of the Kansas City Royals, voice of MLB The Show. Uh, talk about making a game entertaining. The Royals are such dog shit team, and I still have fun listening to them. Had to, had to shout out Rex, but it was an honor drafting with you guys. Sean, I think you gave Tommy McAndrews a run for his money on, on worst draft yet, <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was a pleasure to a, have you. Um, we'll let the people decide, but uh, <laughs> I, hope I, didn't, I hope I didn't run this too long, so sorry for, for It's rambling. okay. People, people would just stop listening if it was too bad. So, all right. We'll cut your answer. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they're probably going to make it to this part of the draft anyways. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much, Sean. And that will conclude episode six of Jocks of All Trades. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do and which I fully embrace. Automatic. Still is. I liked beer. I still like beer. Automatic. Still is.
but I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out. When I was in town, I spent much of my time working out, lifting weights, or hanging out and having some beers with friends. Animal House, Caddyshack, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Working out, lifting weights, too many beers. Automatic, still is. Many nights I worked out with other guys. Maybe it was because I'm an only child and had no sisters. Many of us became friends with students at local Catholic all-girls schools. Amy, or Laura, or Megan, or Nikki. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do, and which I fully embrace. Working out, automatic. Blacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is.